We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the cinematographer for The Last Duel, Darius Wolski, costume designer Janty Yates, and composer Harry Gregenson Williams. There is only one question that matters. Do you swear on your life that what you say is true? My father told me my life would be blessed with good fortune. I'm married. I was a good wife. And then was judged and shamed by my country. I say before all of you, I spoke the truth. The most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. Jacques Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. I am telling the truth. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. This should be settled quietly. I'm innocent! I request a duel to the death. If you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. You do not believe me. I am risking my life for you. You are risking my life so you can save your bride. I will not be silent. Hello, everyone. Thanks for chatting with me today about The Last Duel. I'm here with costume designer Jacob Yates, composer Harry Gregson Williams. Hello. And cinematographer Darius Wolski. Hello. Thank you all for talking with me today. Um, so every department head is a storyteller. And with this film being three different versions of the same story, I'd love to hear from each of you. How did you use your craft to bring a unique perspective to each of the three versions of the story? Uh, let's start with Janty. Well, I was going to say, can I start? Because I changed nothing. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. You can move on. <laughs> well, I'd actually like to dig in real quick. Were there any conversations about changing anything uh, uh, on your side of things? In actual fact, no. Um, we wanted to keep it as similar as possible. And so consequently, um, we, we, we did not go beyond just what we shot in Karuj's uh, story. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, Harry, how about you? Um, the, the, there are three, three distinct um, characters in, in the movie, the central characters, and those were, with, the, with, with each of their story coming into focus in the three chapters, that's where I was able to explore in more in depth each of their thematic material that I created. So we, we discover most of that in the first act or the first chapter. Uh, but, you know, in the second chapter, for instance, we do focus more on Legree's story. And, and more on on uh, on the the sort of sonic landscape that I put around him, which is which was somewhat different to the other two characters. Matt Damon's character being the Cruz character, being quite sort of solid and workmanlike, uh, <laughs> um, and Marguerite's Marguerite's um, thematic material is often sung. I had a really really brilliant uh, countertenor from England called Yestin Davis who came and sang there. Uh, also a wonderful soprano. Um, and and uh, a very elite choir, a very small choir actually, where, where usually when one's recording choirs or um, organizing choirs, one doesn't want to hear individual voices, one wants what's called a round tone, a whole tone. But in this instance, rather than booking a great big choir, I had a small choir called Vocious Eight with just eight voices. So two voices in each part, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. Um, and you can actually hear individual voices. And we really wanted that. And that was something I ran past Ridley. He was quite intrigued by. We on Kingdom of Heaven, I'd used a lot of heavenly voices, as you can imagine. Uh, but that context was very different. Um, I was scoring a lot of the battle scenes, um, a lot of that uh, in Kingdom of Heaven. In this movie, with the battle scenes, they were dry. They were grunts and thrusts and knives and uh, swords. Uh, and the music's job was to bring us to those moments, and then often to echo the sentiments of what's just happened afterwards, but to, to, to allow those, the, the pivotal scenes like the rape, the, the battle scene, and the, the heart of the duel to keep them dry of music, and have the music serve as bookending, which is quite an interesting way, not, not, not something that one's, one's often asked to do. That's great. And Darish, how about you? How, how did you bring uh, different perspectives to these three stories? Well, we tr we were trying not to make a make it obvious, you know, because <clears throat> when actors come to the same space, you know, the space looks the same, you know. So photographically, it's the same. I think the the key is in the dialogue and nuances and performances. I mean, that's what makes it different. Maybe we the last chapter, Marguerite's, we we use a little bit more like her point of view. We were maybe really m more. Really use multiple cameras, but maybe we're a little bit more single camera just to be right into her eyes and stuff. But that was very subtle, that's all. And everything else was played. I would imagine if you if you asked Claire Simpson, the editor, she'd have more to say about that. Because whereas I don't know how it went, Darius, but but like say for instance, um Legree entering the castle un unauthorized when he goes in after Marguerite. I love the way that it's shot in, in just- well, that's, But this is the nuance, I'm glad you picked it up. Because this yeah, is no, it's beautiful, I love this. And even just when a, a regular sort of not particularly important Karush arriving back from, from the battles in Scotland, 
and just the way that he's you think oh i've seen that shot no i haven't seen that shot and actually you see marguerite's perspective of her husband coming home or in her story you see her yeah. perspective, and he walks right past her i well, love that i love that i thought it was really no, but that's that these are the nuances that we just that we did yeah that we did like the using a single camera for marguerite when legree enters the castle yeah that, that was done and 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 the whole rape scene the, the one is shot on her back i don't know if you've noticed and and yeah. and, and her version is just on her face mm. all it is is on her face there's nothing sexual about it at all it's just yeah. her face you know yeah. uh so you know those nuances we have shot them and of course claire used them brilliantly you know that's that's another person which yeah <laughs> actually Dennis, can I ask, can I ask a question relating to that on you know when because i wondered when i was scoring the film um during the rape scene, for instance, as you say, from Legree's perspective, we don't see it in, in Carugia's perspective, do we? In Legree's perspective, it is, it's a, you're using a wider thing. We can kind of see what's going on, but on her, in her story, it's mostly on her face. And yeah. my question is, were they filmed at the same time? They're just different cameras? Yeah. Or would... When you see, when you shoot such an emotional scene, you want to do it as few times as possible. Oh. So uh, that close-up was always there. Right, I see. So it it's the, it is that, the same thing. Obviously, was chosen editorially, and that's how we operate, you know. But when you're shooting a scene like this, last thing you want to do is, okay, now it's going to be your close-up. Now it's going to. Now we're going to. You basically you you're sucking all the true emotions and drama, and actors' performance. You know, maybe there's some special shots, but. But it's not real. I mean, the point was just to be as realistic as possible. And in a place like this, actors are truly charged. So you just want to just respect them, you know. They can only do it so many times. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, but, but, you know, as a result, what are you describing? It's yeah. there. It's actually yeah. there. It's interesting to know that, that you intentionally avoided sensationalizing it. That's, that's really good to know. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Well, Genty, I want to bring it back to you. Genty, there are so many phenomenal pieces uh, in, in the film that I wish I had time to really dig into each of them. But I wanted to specifically ask you about the, the dress that Marguerite has, has made while uh, Jean is away. The, the harlot dress, as he, as he refers to it. Could you tell me about designing that piece and how risque would that dress have actually been at the time? Well, it was very risque for the country. Um, basically... Ridley always loves red dresses for 
harlots or for you know that sort of um, compromising situation um, and red was perfect but we wanted to classy it up a bit so we had a lovely embroidered panelling in the centre but the whole thing is on the cleavage and the fact that her front was virtually nearly exposed by that I mean you know too low really and they might have worn that in Paris, but they certainly didn't wear it in the, even the suburbs, let alone in uh, medieval Southern France. So it was very fashionable, very Paris fashionable, but it was certainly a shock to a country gentleman coming home from the war. How difficult was that piece to finally figure out what the right balance is between being so risque, but something believable that Marguerite would actually purchase? Well, it was quite straightforward because obviously we knew what the fashions of the time were. And um, it was a dress that she had made locally. So I think it was, it, it wasn't really a problem. It was just getting the fabric right, getting the, getting the, um, the shape of it right and uh, it was I thought it was a sensational dress I didn't agree with Carouge at all <laughs> nor did I nor did I I, think, I, would say, I thought that was that was my favorite part of the of the way you guys did Yours. that costumes and with yeah. the, when when in the third chapter we see that that just him the simple thing of him coming home and we see it three different ways and that it is subtle but it's really different isn't it Yes, completely. And, and uh, musically, I was able to reflect that, particularly on the third telling, as it were. Yes. And when she leaves for the battle, too. When she yeah. leaves for the battle, it's... Yeah. yeah. I mean, this stuff, we did shoot different ways, yeah, different. But it, for, not photographically, it's no. performance. But isn't it, cool that it was the isn't it cool that the choice, the choice was made to make these changes, these subtleties, for the audience to realise that something different actually occurred than what we thought? Um, on just such simple scenes. They could, you know, you'd think there might be dialogue scenes where, or, or, or some sort of big close-ups or, or some sort of major events, but this is just someone coming and going. And, uh, and yet it had, it was, it was powerful enough to show you, oh, right, what we thought happened perhaps didn't happen like that. I just hope that people have enough patience to go through it in, in the world of instant <laughs> gratification and internet and all this crap. That Marvel. was my thoughts exactly. I just hope that people have patience to sit through it. You know, very special film, and the stuff occurs if you let it happen. You know, I I agree. I love how how unique this format is for the film. That's interesting that both of you brought up those hesitations. Hopefully, people will sit through the film. Can you? Did you have any conversations like that as you as you were in preparation for the film? Anything like that? No. Okay. No, but but what's amazing, brilliant about Ridley is that he just he's in the place in this career that he just wants to make a movie he wants to make, and and uh, and uh, this movie has to be long and has to take take its time for the payback, which is phenomenal. I mean, the the the, the last act is phenomenal. I mean, when you mm. really see her perspective. Yeah, I agree, and you can you can add to that, um, Darius, that that. Uh, that it has to be the length it has to be really to be able to unfold properly to the audience. But rather than take the much uh, trodden path, which would be to in post-production say, okay, Harry, look, 
we're three quarters of the way through the film. Some people are going to be shuffling in their seats here. We want music to, 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 to. we want, you know, there, there was none of that. We, we, the music wasn't used. It was Australian in, stuff too, fantastic, yeah. No, it's a deliberate choice. It's a deliberate choice and that's what's brilliant about it. It's all yeah. about restraining yourself and making an impact in the end, you know, you just, oh. Yeah. yeah, and Harry, I wanted to dig into that a little bit more. Obviously, you, you've you've uh, you've touched on the the lack of an overpowering score. The score is relatively subtle here throughout, and there are stretches without much much score at all. Um, how did you find those those specific places for the music to really have an impact? Well, the, one of the first things that a director and composer do, and any composer hearing this will will relate to it is do what's called a spotting session. I believe that that happens with the sound effects department as well, but I'm not involved in that. But we basically sit down and um, with a blank canvas and go through the film and say, well, what if music started as this character opens the door, comes in and plays underneath this dialogue scene and then fades away at the end before she leaves or something like that. So at the end of a spotting session, it might be left with 45 or 55 little cues what we will now call them cues um so it's it's not a contractual thing it's not like okay that's what i gotta do and then i'll leave that's more of a okay a first impression that could be our template at that point you know i'm gonna i don't have to write in order chronologically at all um having said that because this (laughs) the, the nature of this damn movie uh was the duel and the first scene was the you know the the setup of of the duel i thought well I, I got to start here, really. Um, so I did start at the beginning of this film. I don't usually start at the beginning of a film. I'll usually start somewhere uh, I want to be invested in. But um, with with this, the, the added challenge for me there was that when I started work, um, that scene, which is a probably three and a half minutes long now in the final film, was about eight and a half minutes long at the time. So you might say, well, why did you bother writing? Wait until they've cut it down. Because it was clear that it was going to have to come down. Um, but that's not really my place to say that. And however, if I waited until I had a fine cut, um, I'd have probably only finished the music about five minutes ago. Um, so <laughs> with modern technology, there, you know, it's not like they're cutting cutting film somewhere. Hmm. There's a, a click of a computer um, thing, and and then the scene has has been trimmed. So so one's got to, got to launch off somewhere. And I thought, well, that's that's where I got to be. So and uh, quite oftentimes. It's a little frustrating, but it means that I'm left with an eight minute cue and I only need three and a half minutes of it. So let's cut out the bits that aren't so good and focus on the good bits. So you can, yeah, you know, that's where we get the real richness, the source, hopefully. It's funny what you're saying because it's the same thing when you're shooting a film, we're using multiple cameras, we're shooting scenes, we have just so many incredible shots and half of them go away, but it's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. I used to cry over some great, great crane shot. Oh my God, it was such a great shot. It's not, it's, are you in the same place? You just have this great piece of music and it's like, right. Right. it's really important as an artist to be able to throw stuff away. Yes, so, you know, Ridley really No, you're right, Darius. I think he, the last time I had a conversation with Ridley about this very thing, I think he it, he involved alcohol in it somehow. It was something about distilling it, <laughs> distilling yeah. a good drink down to its, its essence, <laughs> which is very it's rigid. Like, it's like we can go on about you know like everybody in every like in music and images and yeah. shots. 
in costumes. John T, I'm sorry, some of it is too black. I'm and sure white. in costumes, you, because you, you mentioned earlier, you have to reduce sometimes. You know, you probably have whatever you have accessorizing or, or whatever it is. And sometimes you find that you're, you're reducing, John T. Oh, I find okay. a huge amount of costume I make never makes it to the screen. Oh, there you go. That's what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm short on time. One question before I let you guys go. Obviously, you've, you've all worked with Ridley Scott numerous times and have one more film with him coming out this year, House of Gucci. So for who, whoever would like to answer, uh, any or all of you, what keeps you coming back to this creative partnership with Ridley Scott? Why, why do you love working with Ridley? Why wouldn't you? Why are you, you oh, going to... Very good, I mean, you know, I'm going to work for some boring director <laughs> at home and it's easy. And no, we all we all doing this because we love what we do and he loves what he does. So that's why we're here. He does. That's the key to it. He not only do we love what we do, but he, he loves what he does. He, that's he, right. he wakes up to do it. And it's very infectious that. We, um, we're also very inspired by him. He's a genius and uh, just get very, very feel very grateful to be asked again. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. I appreciate your time. And really, I love the film. So thank you all for your work. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the cinematographer for The Last Duel, Darius Wolski, costume designer Janty Yates, and composer Harry Gregginson Williams. The Last Duel is currently playing in theaters. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also learn on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.